0: Going live in three, two, one. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci, fi Side, you all Under the Believe Podcast Network. This show is indeed a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page as a family. We are joined by everybody today. Gucci's in and out of this room. Wild is right here. Ben is right here. And today is our very last recording in our Chicago home. We're getting on the road to go to Cali on tomorrow. So this is a very just hand to heart episode, but we're still talking about the magic of black science fiction and fantasy. So today for episode 104, we'll be discussing the gig economy, wokeness and talking garbage cans as we watched Woke season one, which was created by Keith Knight. So we're going to talk about this show that we really enjoyed. But before we do that, we're going to shout out the people who are literally the reason we are able to move across the country to pursue our actor dreams, our content creator dreams, our, you know, daily day in the life content, but we get paid to do that. These people are the patrons, a.k.a. the country club. Truly without y'all, we would not be making this move, y'all. We cannot thank y'all enough for just supporting our content, and it literally is only going to get better from here. Quick shout-out to Julia Cooper, Jenny, Penny O, Talia, Taya Walker, Caitlin Marsica, y'all know my heart, Jala Carson, Amy, Stephanie Bender, India Johnson, Ben Woke didn't get the best reviews. Talk to me a little bit about that because we were a little bit uh you know reluctant to start the show and per usual we were pleasantly surprised. So talk to me about these reviews that got that weren't that great.
1: Oh, well I was reading reviews and people are saying I couldn't get past the first episode. And immediately I started to think about the most embarrassing thing that I experience is when I talk about things I know nothing about and then I discover that I know nothing about them. That is so embarrassing for me. And so it just baffles Mm. me that someone would watch one episode of something and make all these judgments. There was a major fallout, like a serious fallout of real reviewers reviewing the TV show The Witcher. Okay, And and they'd only watch like three, four episodes, which is sort Mm. of a standard. And I found out in that whole situation that a lot of reviewers don't watch a full season. And I think now in television, because we are no longer doing episodic Structures, we're looking more at entire story arcs within a season. You got to watch the whole thing. So, I don't know. It just made me really upset.
0: I will say that I agree with you that you should watch an entire season or so of, of something, or you should read the entire book before you review it. I will agree with you there. What I don't like to do. Sometimes I hate when people say to me, you should check out this show. It really picks up episode four. It really, it's a slow burn, but but episode seven will change your mind. I think it is, and, and I know that I'm not the only one. I'm a victim of the times right now where we can just get on TikTok and have the slot machine go, 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 go. So it is really hard, I guess, for writers to compel me with everything that they got going in the pilot but it is frustrating for me when i i was on the plane once and i watched like three episodes of succession and i was like this is just a, this this is a slow burn that i'm oh, not really fully people, i know drag people me drag love me love that show people, people like, love that show but everybody i've talked to i'm like god i just i was snoozing away the first three episodes and they're like no you gotta it, it really picks up in season three and it's just like I'm sorry. I I don't have time for that. I have 20 hours of watching. I have a baby. I have two babies, including my husband. Three, if you include Gucci. It is really hard for me to even carve out the time to sit down and even watch a show. So I literally do not have time for something to pop off in season three when we when there is so much good television on TV right now. And, and, And I will admit sometimes a show will. It doesn't have to do everything for me. It doesn't have to make me laugh, make me cry, do everything in the pilot. But there's got to be a level of intrigue there that keeps me watching. But that's also, I'm a millennial. I'm on all of the apps. So that might be a a problem with that. But you're somebody who will still watch a full season of something and then call it quits, right?
1: Yes. Yes, I will. But my thing, my problem is, is not what you're doing, which is, you know, self- reflecting on what you're going to watch or self you know editing what you're going to watch my problem is someone writing a full ass review correct publishing it and not understanding the full context if i'm going to come for something and be negative about it i'm going to read that whole fucking book i'm going to watch that whole tv show oh yeah can't tell sp- me
0: casting around my baby hey, if you're watching the youtube you'll see i just made a face with it What? Well, si- quick sidebar Wild is learning very quickly, and I just don't want her first word to be a custom word. Absolutely, kill me. I I don't, so I
1: don't don't swear that much anyway. So, my thing though, I want to come back to this embarrassing question where I am truly, truly embarrassed Mm -hmm. incredibly embarrassed when I talk about something that I don't know. So, I was just curious what makes you really embarrassed? That's what I want to talk about. What makes you embarrassed?
0: I get embarrassed when you talk about things you don't know.
1: Oh, so you get, in, I'm the cause, I'm the root cause of your embarrassment. There's nothing yes. that you do on your own. I guess you're, it does come back to you chose to be with me. So therefore you are the cause of my own embarrassment. Your guess, embarrassment on me.
0: I guess I get embarrassed when people don't understand my sense of humor and it's IRL. Like I, I've I've grown accustomed to people online not understanding my humor, but... When I, I, when I make a little zinger in person and they're like, hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I I thought I was a comedian. That's some I'm public not. school shit. Even though, even though comedy is very subjective and people have different kinds of comedy, obviously it's still when I can't get a, a good laugh IRL or something didn't land. So your sense of worth
1: comes externally. Like if someone does not laugh at you, you do not feel...
0: Especially if I set up a joke. And it it just didn't hit. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, I do a lot of, like, references in the comedy that I do. Like, I make tons of, like, Flavor Flav jokes or, like, Precious, which, thank you, everybody who corrected me. It is Lee Daniels who directed Precious, my bad, from last week. But I definitely get embarrassed when people don't recognize when I'm making a joke based on my delivery because I pride myself on being able to do that.
1: I remember one time you did a whole bit with about um Maya Angelou and people didn't really understand that bit but my but I think something that you've had to learn though is that you are not the reason why they didn't get the joke yes or sometimes
0: yeah or sometimes it's a little bit too niche one time I so you had to create this original monologue uh, an original comedic monologue for this audition so I basically did a bit where I'm saying, like, here's Maya Angelou's Twitter. uh, Here's Maya Angelou's Tinder profile. So you would have to, one, understand, like, Maya Angelou's cadence and tone. That's the one funny. And then secondly, you would have to understand how people communicate on Tinder when they're being a little bit pretentious. Like, I have a, what is it, a cockapoo. Like a, a cocker spaniel and a poodle dog, or Myers Briggs E N F T. I did this like wait, is your
1: example of pretentiousness? Wow.
0: Yeah, you know how people will show like, oh, I have this like special, super cute hybrid dog, special
1: breed dogs. Yeah, are, and I and and I know really my Myers
0: Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did Maya Angelou basically on Tinder, and it did not land at this thing. I, I think one person in, in the audience was like, ha. But everybody else in the room was like, I'm not understanding what she's doing. To preface, I set up.
1: It was a room full of whites.
0: It was a room full of older whites as yeah. well. So that doesn't mean I'm not funny. I just, I, I did not know my crowd. But to be fair, the thing I was auditioning for was a diversity fellowship. So so they sh- So who's they who's the loser, me or you?
1: You're about to go get your vitals checked. I do not. We're getting term insurance <laughs> because we're going to go on a really long road trip, so if anything were terribly to happen to us, we have insurance to cover, you yes. know, that. Um but they want
0: They, they only want, want me to go to an appointment and they 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 got both Ben and I stats and said like well, that fat bitch is going to cost us a lot of money to insure. So let's let's see in person if she lied about her weight and, I thought, and whatever.
1: I thought it was more like a racist thing. Or it maybe, might. It
0: might be. You never know with me. It, like could race, it could be race. It could be gender. Yeah. It could be belly.
1: Just so many ways to oppress Ooh. you.
0: Oh, we're in the we're in the stage where Wild uh, is learning how to use her head and her hands, which is really head fun banging. for my face. We want to thank all of you out there for constantly running your asses on down to the Apple podcast to share the good news of the Sci-Fi Sci podcast. And we have a really great review here. I'm not even going to cry because I got so much going on in life right now that I, I can't, I cannot add more tears to this week. It's been like a gratitude tears kind of week, but tears nonetheless. Anyway, this one says, represent in reviews, L-O-V-E. Vulnerability is a sign of strength and sharing your lives, insights, and experiences online requires just that. So I really wanna thank you, I really want to say thank you to Amber, Ben, Wiggles, Gucci, and even Amber's parents for sharing so much joy, laughter, and honesty with us. I appreciate you all as individual humans and as the beautiful, loving, and hilarious family unit you've built. The fact that you've also created a podcast to highlight, center, and celebrate so many black creators is a thing of beauty. As governments continue to restrict what... Wow, you don't think that's a thing of beauty Wadisha, we love you. As governments continue to restrict what kind of education is found in our schools and communities, I'm thankful for people who are creating resources beyond all of that. Thank you all for being you. I've got a lot of admiration, appreciation, and love for you. P.S. I think a lot of others can relate to this, but in my mind, you're my newest friends. Thank you so much, representing in reviews. I want to say this also. In addition to that, one, please keep those Apple Podcast ratings coming. We really love to see it. Two, my new favorite thing to do is to have a drink at a bar and then go up to someone and talk about race relations, especially if it's a white person. And then immediately I know we're on the spot, I say to them, Okay, so name five black authors go. Somebody's sleepy. I'm
1: gonna go put her
0: down. Okay. Um, Wild needs a nap. Thank y'all for bearing with us. This is the part that we sometimes don't want to see one time um somebody on the internet came at me they're like why do you always turn the camera off when wild starts crying it's like because i'm consoling her they were like we want to see the tears too i was like i'm i'm caring for the child real time that's why the camera's off because my my hands are being held with this person but back to my original point if I one day see you at a bar, I'm going to take a, a shot of Casamigos, and then I'm going to ask you, name five black authors, go. And I'm hoping because of this incredible podcast that you're able right away to be like Octavia Butler, N.K. Jemison, Zen Rocklin, uh, Nettie Ogiofor, uh, Victor Laval. uh Cherie Renee Thomas, uh, like I, I'm hoping you're able to just name them off the bat because I remember I did that to somebody the other day and then the minute they asked me to fire back, I named obviously all like black writers and authors in sci-fi and fantasy. So oh, Ben, can, ben, can so you name cool. a new five? Ben, can you name a new five right now? Your are go. Five. Name five right.
1: authors, go. Catawill uh, Turnbull. Yes. Uh, Nalo Hobson. Period. Uh, Aaron McGruder. Ooh. Uh, Kwanzaa Sajafo. I'm
0: going to count Aaron McGruder as an author. Yes. What did he write? Oh, uh, that he black... Wrote, that, he wrote that Birth, Birth, of an, um, Birth of a Nation. I would count him as like a creator for sure. But uh, that, it doesn't matter. Keep going. He's, Two more. He's a comic artist. He did the boondocks, uh, which we love. Ta-Nehisi Coates. He did great, the great. Black Panther run. I've, Colson Whitehead. Nisi Shaw. Great. Yes, yes. Oh, our baby. Y'all, we do this thing where we lay her down Violet Allen. for a nap. Who?
1: Violet Allen. You need to read uh, her work. She's amazing. She wrote a book called The Venus Effect. Oh. A short story.
0: It's okay, amazing. cool. I mean, we have so many because of this uh podcast. This podcast Even it, yeah. so,
1: so we're just not. I'm just not a racist. Jimmy Baldwin. Done. I am 100% woke.
0: Uh, and you know, there's all of the you know the Samantha Earthy, Roxanne Gay. Like we could go on and on about yep. the people that I was reading before this. Tony Morrison, the Queen Mother. But yes, if you it's see Nettie me out Okura in these 4. streets, o- Okura 4 I'm so sorry, yeah. Nettie. If you see me out in these streets. I'm going to shake your hand. And if you say, you listen to our podcast, I'm going to say, name five authors, go. And so have that five ready to God. go. Yep, yep. But actually, no, no. And if you, you can't what, do what you write, this you know, fuck,
1: But there the are some people who struggle with memory and recall. Like, that is a real thing. You so, know
0: this you're, you're doing the TikTok thing where it's like, you know, that was not the intention. It's like, know, Well, some people are nonverbal. Read, so what are you going to do about that? Authors. You know what I mean.
1: Read, buy their yeah. book. You know what? Don't even read them. Just buy their book because that means they get paid.
0: Great, but you still kind of should, probably need to know the name you of it. You the should author. also read them too. Anyway, what did we watch, Ben? All
1: right, so we watched Woke, which is based off of the work of Keith Knight, who's a comic artist. And it follows the story of Keith Knight, uh, who's an up and coming San Francisco, San Franciscan uh, comic artist, who's sort of like light and cutesy comic strip toast and butter is about to be syndicated in newspapers around the country right after a traumatic experience with the police uh keith uh reaches a new step in his racial puberty to borrow a phrase from ibrahim uh kendi Uh, another black author yep calling out the racism in his city so the show covers the fallout of his new wokeness so um our baby is crying like a motherfucker Let's,
0: let's, let's pause real quick we're gonna to have to bring back commercial breaks just for wiggles and her naps. But Wild is now asleep, so we can continue this conversation. So, yes, we watched Woke starring Lamorne Morris, who I think is kind of low key like the second coming of Eddie Murphy, even though Eddie Murphy's not dead. But I, I really, his, his flair and his facial reactions and his smiles kind of remind me of uh, early Edward Murphy. So yeah, the cast is Lamorne Morris, T. Murph, Blake Anderson, Sashier Zamata, OJB oh, J. B. Smoove, Nicole Byer, uh, Jack McBrayer. Some of the voice actors, Chris Summer. I told you, Cedric the Entertainer, like just dripping with incredible comedians. Who Keith, Keith David, 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 Icon, Icon, uh, incredible Especially in nerd-im. incredible voice actors, incredible comedians. So jump, let's jump right in because I we were laughing like Funny. like crazy watching this show. <laughs> Well, yeah, so
1: the theme is around wokeness. So I just want to start with, like, what makes someone woke, in your opinion?
0: I think if someone recognizes in almost everything that they do, the injustices, uh, injustices everywhere and in every experience that they have.
1: Yeah, I I think you, you hit, I think you, I agree with you. You hit the nail on the head. There's this idea of that wokeness, Sees injustice in every single place in a way that there's a there's a level I think level of wokeness where you see it and then you talk about it and then you pretend as if you are the only one who knows about it. So yes, that's what's annoying. There's a negative connotation to wokeness, but I think this show is trying to find that balance, right? Where oftentimes I think the show is making the statement where wokeness is a way of almost hiding the the pain that you have not dealt with. In this case, Keith Knight has been attacked in this dramatic situation. He's been tackled to the ground for a mis you know, mistaken identity, you know, tall, mm-hmm. tall black man or whatever. Yes. And then he then he's just like taken out of handcuffs and let go. <laughs> and yes. Then so just like-
0: very traumatic, like what he felt or what they portrayed as almost like a near-death experience yeah. like you know you flash back to like images of your life and it's happening so fast and the adrenaline's going so he probably thought he was about to die yeah and this was a mistaken identity and then the cops just get off of him i'm repeating what you just said but yeah i, I feel like i needed to
1: yeah no totally fine <laughs> and so they get off him and then he starts seeing like inanimate objects come alive and right. they're telling him to do things so one example he walks into a barber shop that has all black art and all black haircuts, but it's all white men yes. in the barbershop. Fully gentrified. Very, fact. very funny. And then he he has a like, talking garbage can, which at first you're like, is this is this means he's emotionally unstable? Is he suffering from sort of some sort of mental illness? But at t- point, these inanimate objects are giving him information that he should not know right? Like when he watches the antique dealer and he sees a stolen artifact and that artifact comes alive on TV and starts telling him yes. how the artifact got there. There's no way Keith Knight would, should actually know that. Right. Right. And so he's getting this sort of secret information. And if you, there's a show called happy where there's a man who has this little like bunny played by like and Oswalt, um, telling a cop how to find his his kidnapped daughter. And you're like, wait, is the cop sort of hallucinating? But we find out, no, this is actually a real thing. So there's yeah, actual fantasy. Yeah, that's the fantasy. fantastical part there's of the show. The, yes. Yeah, is that these inanimate objects come alive.
0: Which, I'm not going to lie, is kind of the worst part for me. Like, it's funny up until a point. I mean, I uh, it's... And I and I obviously have thoroughly enjoyed like watching sci-fi and doing fantasy with Ben. But sometimes, like when one or two of the little, the talking pen is going on and on, I'm like, okay, we get it. Let, let's move back to the real people. I don't know some some of the some of them are funny and fun, but then it was just, just like two bottles of forties talking, it's like drink me. I'm like I'm like all right, all right, I yeah, get they, it. I get it. They called
1: it the black men's medicine.
0: Yeah, yeah, so- that, it's cute, but sometimes I'm kind of like. So I, I feel like there were one or two episodes that didn't have any of those interactions. And I'm just going to say I enjoyed those episodes more. And I but, I but I do like that this show does have a fantastical element because I might not have seen it otherwise. But those are my least favorite parts of the show, if I'm being honest.
1: I think every episode had a slight, small interaction, e- even if it was tiny, right? So um, e- each episode has something come alive, even if it's him just on a bus and a mm-hmm. bus ad comes alive. So I guess my question is, what is added to the show with his fantastical element like what is what makes it yeah essentially what adds it to the show and one it you you're creating mixed media so there's animation that you get to yes, see which is very like. funny but also something that made me think is that when the cult 45 starts to talk in our like highly materialistic culture materials Almost have a voice in, in, in and of themselves. Like, Absolutely. That there I appreciate is, that. Well, right, commentary that right, you just gave, yes. Like Sprite was the black people's drink.
0: Right. Like Colt
1: 45 <laughs> is like stoop, you know, on with yes. a, uh, you know, a for, for all bag. its negativity.
0: I guess when you do see a, a Cult 45, you think like black person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So because we hyper racialize. Everything. Everything. A like, pen can
0: be black versus white. Dude,
1: even the trash can talking, like, even the luxury to have your own fucking trash can, mm-hmm. to have your own recycling, there is a level of luxury in that. And you think, yeah. like, what do you mean? No, I'm serious. We had a friend recently be like, our trash cans got stolen, and it took us eight weeks to get a new trash can from the city of Chicago. Yeah. And And... It's it baffles me. In Georgia, you literally have to pay money to recycle.
0: Yeah, you cannot really find readily accessible recycling bins, but when we go to California, like everything has like compost, recycling, trash bin, yeah.
1: So I I think that's sort of what's added to it. But you're right. I think the most entertaining part is that there's the dialogue. The dialogue, especially between the roommates. And you, you have like a big theme of this is the gig economy yes. where people just do one thing or another. And Amber, Amber, Absolutely. you are part of the gig I'm, economy. Shit,
0: I'm still a part of the gig economy. What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, are very some, much so. It's like, like yoga gigs. Let me teach some yoga on the side. If somebody needs a voiceover here, let me keep submitting auditions for that. Let me do a self tape here. Oh, do you need me to edit something for you in final cut pro, which is a little bit more, you know, polished and cleaner. Sure. I can do that, but I'm definitely heavy in the gig economy. And
1: so the show sort of follows these three roommates, Keith Knight being the primary one, and none of them really have a job. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. They're like in
1: their mid-30s. And I'm thinking throughout television history, we've never really seen like... These older people like all living together as roommates, but that is what we're coming to because of the lack of jobs, because of our inability to buy a house and mortgage rates being like 6% interest. People are living with roommates until their 40s right yes it's Ten very millennial in oh, that way yeah. too
0: like I, I I am somebody who is a huge fan still to this day of Broad City and so I think this p- show perfectly fits yeah. on Hulu because it is very like every day it's shenanigans with us I just got paper served for this thing so let me gotta let me go grab uber for a little while and in one part of the show he basically creates this uh, He basically creates this like air quote business where you can rent black people because he found himself attending a party he was paid to go to so that the party would look more diverse. And obviously, he's like, "Oh, more of this! Like, whatever gets us paid, like you're gonna use us and be racist anyway. We might, we might as well get paid." But he ends up creating like black people for rent, which then becomes obviously like super racist. And his roommate's like, "Is this human trafficking? Like, what are you doing right now?"
1: Yeah. So. And to that point, sort of a little plot point. So he loses his syndication of this very popular comic strip that he's been writing. And so now he's like, okay, now I have to do something that says like art, that says meaning, right? And so he mm-hmm. creates what you said. And each episode is him sort of dealing with him trying to be an artist, but also do something ethically, right? <laughs>
0: yes, yes. He's really trying, but he keeps finding himself like, trying to be woke but then he's like got this white girlfriend who's pretty awesome and then he's like trying to be woke but his art isn't his art drew this white girl he was dating and now he's at this like very black like dark noir event getting his art critique so I-, I love that he, keeps he like colors in his in white girlfriend
1: to make her black so he seems more woke
0: but then it's like a commentary on toxic masculinity like I-, I love shows like this I love like random absurdity and a character's real world just being completely heightened uh yeah some of the parts with the animation was a little bit corny but I thoroughly enjoyed the show. We were laughing so hard at the dialogue. I think that's really what kept us coming back. And it's such an easy watch as well.
1: One thing I really appreciate this show doing is that you have T. Murph, who plays one of the roommates, and he sort of cyberstalks this woman, Ayana, who's an editor at a newspaper that is publishing Keith Knight's material. Yes. And and he cyberstalks her in sort of like a friendly, goofy way, but she's like, no, like, That's not cool, dude. And and I think, like, he learns from it. And I think there's this level of. Yeah, he got her like
0: the. Like, she's like a sneakerhead, and he's kind of like a sneaker dealer. He's running the
1: gig economy of of doing sneakers. Well, it's
0: kind of weird. I mean, Ben and I have had debates about this. And obviously, Ben treads a lot more lightly because he is a man. And a lot of things can be misconstrued as, like, oh, you're really interested in this person or being creepy. But I. I definitely think, and I'm probably going to get heat from this, but I definitely think that there's a a blurry line sometimes between shooting your shot and doing your research and stalking. Like, it can get a little bit gray sometimes. Like, I, I can appreciate if a person saw something random on my Instagram and was like, oh, she's really into yoga. Like, maybe on our first date, I'll take her to this yoga class and it'll be by this black teacher. Like, I wouldn't... I don't know. In my brain, I wouldn't be like, "So you fully stalked me and knew that I like to do this thing." Like it, it's a little bit hard to call it stalking if I have like a very public Instagram and you were just trying to find an interest similar to mine.
1: Right. So <laughs> this situation, though, is that T Murph interacts with Ayana for very um, Clovis, right? Clo- Clovis. Is his Clovis. Name. Is Clovis his name interacts is with Ayana, and Ayana gives him no indication that she's correct. interested. Correct, correct, yes. Then that, that's where Clovis, the line is, like, drawn. Right, and then Clovis shows up to one of her favorite bars because he's been stalking her Instagram, and she calls him out on it, and he sort of internalizes that. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure, yes, yes, yes.
1: And then he finds out that Ayana is gay, and then he's like, oh, so so it wasn't, it's not me, it's like, you're gay. She's like, like no, no, it's, no. It's still you, It's yes. still you, and I but think... But then
0: they have a beautiful friendship yeah, after the, it. That's why I kind of, like, enjoy, I, I don't like that he stalked her. And obviously I think we all know like, oh, this person's not being friendly. They might not take no for an answer. And he took it very lighthearted. But I've definitely been pursued by someone in the past. And I'm like, oh, I can tell they watched like one or two things. And I didn't think it was that weird. Right. But if if they like one they just felt, like showed up on my block and I was like, what well, are you Well, Ayanna
1: makes it very clear that like she is I'm not, not inter- in, interested it, and he yeah. still pursues her. Correct. Right? Yes. Yes. And this is, is the is first time where it's like, Hey, instead of just canceling this person and being like, you're an asshole, you should be arrested and thrown in jail. Like what he does is not a arrestable, you know, offense. It's not, but it is, it is stalking and it is scary. Yeah. Right. You're and correct. so, and he, and the fact that they approach this in sort of a more nuanced way and being like, hey, people who do this are coming from a cultural understanding that, oh, I can just, you know, pursue a woman because that's what they want. And she's yeah, like, no, that's not cool. no, 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 like I need to re-educate you. And so it actually deals with, and this is where the show is very funny. And I don't think they're like, we're going to make a show about a man being re-educated and we're going to have this whole statement. They're like, no, we're ultimately making a show to be funny. But there's these little like grace notes of thought provokingness, and that yeah. I very much <laughs> appreciate. Yes, it.
0: yes. It, the line is drawn when someone's like, "I'm uncomfortable with what you are doing. Please stop." And then somebody's like, "Well, why do I have to stop?" Like that's when it's like, "Okay, you you are fully stopping and, and harassing." And he at,
1: Clovis asks that, and she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why, even though I don't have to." Right. And then then later they end up developing sort of a friendship, and it's yeah. it's actually. Almost, almost endearing, and T Murph is like, yes. You know, sort of has to step back, and but, there's a lot of moments like that in the show.
0: The show is the most entertaining because, for me, because of the dynamic between the roommates. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm zero interested in Keith Knight's love interest in the show, his black girlfriend or his white girlfriend. I don't care about that. The, yeah. The interaction and the comedy between Blake Anderson, T Murph, and LeBor- Lamorne Morris. Is it, it just tops? It's 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 good writing. It's quick comedy, and I love them as a, a trifecta together. I would love to go see them in an improv set. They they really work well for me. I think they are the magic of this show.
1: They yeah, they're just very sharp. Like, remember that time like, and they all have bits like Blake Anderson is trying to make an energy drink. Uh, Blake Anderson's character is Gunther. Gunther is trying to make an energy drink, but he, it's basically just cocaine.
0: Uh, yeah, in drink form, yes. And then at one point, like, these two people find him at a party and they're trying to have a, like this male and woman are trying to have a, a threesome with him and he's like I mean I, I gotta be more open minded like I'm pretty basic sexually and I'm just like this is why I'm watching this show time and time again I, I love all of those interactions Um, and and Lamorne Morris also has a lot of moments in the show where he basically just like flips out on everybody there's this really fun scene he, where he gets triggered there's, he's literally he gets, gets triggered he, I'm he sorry that triggered. I'm calling it fun it's like there's this so fun where he just snaps at everybody yeah he fully gets triggered and basically just has these outbursts that keep just heightening that keep getting him in trouble so the first outburst like got him fired from his job and then he had another outburst and that one went viral and then it was like cancel this man and then the third outburst he's like really upset that like all of these people are are caring more about this koala bear that has been shot and killed than a black man so obviously he's
1: slight correction it was choked to death Oh they well, of course. The Sorry, there was
0: you're doing me. it right now. The, 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 the whites are caring more about the treatment mistreatment of this animal, but nobody said anything when he was being attacked. So they and and it is infuriating. And obviously, we the audience are rooting for Keith Knight, uh, Lamore Morris, but it it just it it really works for me and. We are going to continue watching this show because it's it's funny. I hate that people dragged it after a couple of episodes. If you're not into the fantasy element, like that's corny or whatever. but it's it's the same tone of, when Atlanta decides to do some magical realism elements and and it's still like enjoyable. Yes. Dave Dave as well. It doesn't take away from the like genuine good writing and the strong actors in it. Uh, I'm I'm here for
1: it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like shit can be corny sometimes if you're a comedian. And so like I, I need something like light that addresses race relations and potential stalking right now as we're like making this move across the country. It was just so nice this week. I mean, we binged, we were so busy just like trying to get our shit together this week, trying to get some influencer, uh, air quote, I hate that word, a person who creates on the internet, trying to get that stuff together this week. So it felt really good to just sit out and binge this show. And we were able to binge the whole first season within the course of like 24 hours because it was just so watchable for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, so basically the show ends with him confronting the police who originally tackled him yes and the police are trying to show a, you know, community police relations and yeah, they want to create yes. like this restorative circle turns out the cop is a real asshole and being like, you just need to apologize and I apologize, we move on with our life Yeah, let's both and sit then, down
0: and talk about who how both parties were to blame, he's like excuse
1: and me? And Keith, and previous Keith, because Keith used to be like, I'm one of the good blacks, right? He, he yeah. internalizes like, that I'm just
0: a comic, I'm I, just a everything's comic. not controversial you know, I just yeah, like I to don't draw
1: have, yeah And um, he antagonizes the cop and gets arrested. And so sort of the the first season ends with all these reporters, you know, expecting Keith Knight to be a leader of like an artistic movement that will rebel against the San Francisco Police Department. And so we're very excited to watch season two.
0: Yes. With that being said, Ben, why why don't you warp up the show, baby?
1: In conclusion... If you like Dave, if you like Atlanta, if you like this TV show, Happy, if you like Black Jesus, you are going to love this show. It's very light. It's thoughtful. And it's very sad because it was canceled. So there's only two seasons. So you can watch all of it. And that being said, uh, Amber, what are we watching next?
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Sci-Fi Side podcast Up next for episode 105, we're going to watch season two of Woke. We're loving it here, and we have a lot of time to kill as we travel across the, across the country driving, and we're going to get to hotels and just, like, binge the show together. So we will hope that you will binge it with us. So please reach a – please, please. Talking too fast, bitch. Slow down. Please be sure to watch season one and season two of Woke, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all.